The reading is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 5 to 25 and 57 to 80. The birth of John the Baptist is foretold. In the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time came for the burning of incense, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until this day happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak. They realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, but he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and has taken away my disgrace among the people the birth of John the Baptist. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him after his father, Zachariah, but his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet and, to everyone's astonishment, wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbours were filled with awe and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, 
What then is this child going to be? For the hand, for the Lord's hand was with him. His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, shall be called prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in the spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Have you ever been caught napping or been asleep when you needed to be somewhere, doing something somewhere else? I think back to the first term at university, everyone signed up to row and inevitably you're there at the Porter's Lodge, 6am, and for your boat of eight, there are only seven of you and you'd, you'd ring round and try and work out where that missing person was. Inevitably, they were asleep. I wonder if you've ever had a knock on the door or a phone call that says, where are you? It's time to go. This morning we're looking at Zechariah and his wake-up call. A couple of weeks ago we looked at Mary and her song and her story. And Luke fascinatingly tells the start of his gospel, the start of his story of Jesus' life, by paralleling it with this birth, this um, announcement of John the Baptist. So this morning we're looking at that other miracle baby and these other unexpecting parents. And we're going to see three things. We're going to see firstly Zechariah's wake-up call. We're going to see what the silence that Zechariah was treated to, what that taught him, that God is absolutely faithful. And thirdly, we'll see the complete trust that this story brought about in Zechariah's heart. Let's pray. Father God, please would you make us ready for your son, Jesus. We invite your spirit that you might use my words at our time together to that end. Amen. Amen. Well, I should have said I'm, I'm Sam. I'm one of the team here. It's great to be with you and great to have those of you with us who are joining online. So the first point, Zechariah's story is one of a huge wake-up call. Just consider the shift that we saw in Zechariah 
in that long passage that was so beautifully read for us. Verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. Zechariah begins cynical and stale and stoic, but he ends alive and full of hope. He obeys the angel when the time comes. Later on in verses 62, they made signs to the father and asked, what what are we going to call him? And he says, his name is John. Immediately his mouth is opened and he bursts into song, praising God. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he's come to his people and redeemed them. The turnaround couldn't be more stark from beginning to end. His faith is completely turned around, woken up, brought back to life. But we can't be too critical. Zechariah, we're told, is, is doing well. He's righteous in the sight of God. But it seems he's a little world-weary, a little tired. His prayers haven't been answered. And when Gabriel comes, he effectively says, can I see your papers? How do I know? How can I trust? This is the climax of his career. He's a priest, and once in his lifetime, once in a priest's lifetime, they had this privilege of going into the holy place to offer incense. And the angel comes and says, your prayers have been heard. And Zechariah, it would seem, isn't ready. Perhaps that's like us at, at work, making that pitch to end all pitches, or that job interview to end all job interviews, or the championship final we've spent our whole career working towards, looking forward to, dreaming of. But who among us hasn't fallen into complacency from time to time? Simply said our prayers rather than praying them. And if a priest like Zechariah can fall into that place, then how much more we, who are less experienced, less practiced than him. It's easy to grow cold, to grow stale, when our prayers seem to go unanswered. We can give up praying, we can give up hoping altogether. Are we just going through the motions? Are we Um, Have we lowered our sights or decreased our expectation? It seems Zechariah has given up that hope that God would answer his prayers. But here in our passage, he receives a huge wake-up call. God has not ignored or forgotten him. He's got big plans for the whole world. And that involves a wake-up call for Zechariah. Secondly, what silence taught Zechariah. It taught him God is faithful. And we see that in the first part of his song, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he's come to his people and redeemed them. Z realises that even if he was asleep, if he was going through the motions, God wasn't asleep. God wasn't going through the motions. He was there. He was faithful. He doesn't forget his promises, but fulfills them. That's what the name Elizabeth means. God is my oath. God is absolutely faithful. 
In Genesis, God promised Abraham, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. But all these years later, under oppressive Roman rule, that looked further away than ever. But with God, silence does not equal forgotten. Recalling these great promises made to Abraham, Zechariah rejoices that at last God has come. He's come to show mercy to and rescue his people. And David received God's promise that his, king, his house, his kingdom would endure forever, that his throne would be established. And here Zechariah sees one coming who will fulfill just that. And then the closing words of the Old Testament, the promise to Malachi, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. I'll send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. Zechariah has been praying for this messenger to come, as it were for the, the darkness of the night to begin to lighten, a sign that the sun was about to come above the horizon. He's been praying for this forerunner to come. And the angel appears and says, your prayer has been heard. And Zechariah, you're going to be the father. And Zechariah is caught off guard. And he's given several months in silence to think on, reflect, pray into that interaction with the angel and what it means. But God hasn't forgotten. God is absolutely faithful. And isn't that a huge encouragement to us this morning? Aren't we also like Zechariah and Elizabeth, inheritors of promises hundreds of years old, waiting to see the hand of God clearly revealed and his son return. The encouragement from Zechariah's silent retreat is that God is absolutely faithful. If we're inclined to wobble in our faith or to grow stale for lack of encouragement, we can look to Zechariah and his experience. We can join with him in singing God's praise as we have done this morning. We can make a joyful, enthusiastic sound. And there was some beautiful singing that I particularly enjoyed this morning. And as we wait, the redemption that Zechariah sings of is moving across the globe, bringing together people of every tribe, nation, tongue in the new creation of Christ. And as much as we wouldn't choose the current circumstances and the enforced isolations and kiboshed plans, it is often in the wilderness, as Zechariah discovered, that we learn our most profound lessons of God, that he shows us greater revelation of who he is and who we are in him, how he loves us. So however... Our plans are disrupted and I hope and pray they're not. But if they, if they are as, as they are, let's push into God. Let's rely on him. Let's not give up hope.
Perhaps we too will receive a, a fresh revelation of God's kindness and faithfulness to us. So our third point is that Zechariah now has complete trust. He trusts God completely. And we see this in the naming of his child. One commentator um, said that naming the child was the father's prerogative. I mean, it's similar today. Parents name their children and you know, the wider family might weigh in. But it's up to the parents. And here, there's this conversation between Elizabeth and the family. She says, we're going to call him John. And they say, John, where's that come from? There's no one called John in the family. What about Zechariah? That's his father's name. Or, you know, maybe they went back a, a generation and said, you could call him this or that. But they're going for Zechariah. Elizabeth's going for John. And they look to silent Zechariah in the corner Give him a tablet and he writes, his name is John, which means the Lord's gracious gift. And it seems it's a very gracious gift to them, this elderly couple, and indeed to all of us. But it's interesting, isn't it, that he hands over that prerogative, if, if it's the father's prerogative here to, to name the child. He doesn't cling to that himself. He doesn't say, God's given me this child, but now I'm going to call him Zechariah. He's going to continue my name and, um, you know, be the child that I've looked for, longed for, waited for. He is obedient to what the angel has said. He trusts God and says, God, this little one is all yours. This is your gift to us. You've told us to call him John. And we're going to give him completely to you. We're going to trust this little one to you. And having surrendered his baby boy to the Lord's purposes, Zechariah sings in the second half of his song of the particular and the extraordinary role that the Lord has for his little one. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Zechariah here, embraces the angel's message, embraces the purposes the Lord has for this little baby. And they're awesome promises, aren't they? John comes at this crucial moment, this special moment, bridging the old and the new, the final prophet and the one to see Jesus and to point others physically, visibly to him. And Zechariah sings of this. And I'm sure there's huge joy and honour in that. But let's not be superficial or shallow or glib. Any Israelite, especially one as well versed as Zechariah, knows that to be a prophet of the Most High comes at a cost. This isn't an easy ride. It's not just status. But there's a huge cost to it. John isn't going to earn a huge salary and look after Zechariah and Elizabeth and put them up in a nice uh, place when they're older and take care of them. There's a huge cost. 
being a prophet of the Most High, inevitably, and particularly for John, would mean sticking his neck out. But Zechariah, as much as he's able to see that at this stage, embraces it and trusts his baby boy to the Lord. He'll prepare the way for the Lord and give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. This wake-up call has brought John, uh, sorry, brought Zechariah back to his senses. And he now sees that God is absolutely faithful. He sees his purposes with a new clarity and a huge expectation. He trusts God completely. It's a bit like being set up for a bungee jump. This is Blokron's Bridge and the view looking out from the precipice. And uh, it's a bit like that. You know, John, Zechariah, sorry, Zechariah is on the brink of this precipice. His ankles are secured, the angels come. And in a moment of panic, he turns to the angel and says, how can I know? Like saying to the, the people who've secured your ankles, how can I know that you've tied me securely? How can I trust you? And you know, Gabriel indulges him slightly, gives a bit of a, uh, you know, a rational response, and then says, and now you're going to be silent until this comes to pass. And from there, Zechariah can do nothing. He sort of watches passively um, as things develop. It'd be like the people who've you know, tied you in. You know, they you know, maybe show that you their credentials. But ultimately, how can, they, how can they teach you to trust? With a loud three, two, one bungee and a firm push. And in that moment, there's no way. There's no way of, of knowing, no way of trusting. You're at the... You're, you know, subject to gravity, and that is that. And there are a few seconds of, of freefall. But then, for Zechariah and Elizabeth, a bump begins to form, and this baby begins to grow. The rope, as it were, catches, and he realizes that he's able to trust God as the rope catches him and slows his fall. And as, as you're hoisted back up, you can know for sure that you could trust the bungee. You could trust the people. Zechariah knows now that he can trust God. He could trust the angel and his message completely. And so he trusts God with that which is most precious to him, this long-awaited child. And so too we can trust God with the things that are most precious to us our lives, our health, our children, grandchildren, godchildren, our spouses, careers. Are we willing to surrender them to the Lord, to hold them out to him and say, your will be done? Let's pray that our children, grandchildren and godchildren that they, like John, would become strong in the spirit, that they too would point people to the Lord and help make others ready for him. 
So as we come into land, Zechariah's story is one of a wake-up call. God is absolutely faithful, and we can trust him entirely, even with that which is most precious to us. If this Christmas we have gone a bit stale or stagnant, if our prayers seem unanswered, then may Zechariah's wake-up call be an encouragement to us. May we know the comfort of a God, our Father, who hears our prayers, who loves us enough to send an angel to Zechariah and a baby boy to Baron Elizabeth. May we feel the reassurance of the Father as he promises this child to Zechariah as he proves, again, his faithfulness. And we're on the privileged other side of Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection. We can praise God all the more for how he has come and rescued us and enabled us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Let's look to Zechariah and Elizabeth and be encouraged that we can Surrender ourselves to God again. Through this story, God appears and is appearing to each one of us to say, wake up, I'm faithful, I, I can be trusted completely. He hasn't left the world in brokenness and darkness, but has sent John as a forerunner, as a one, uh, a forerunner to the one who would come, the light of the world, into our darkness. Amen.